When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been in the I don't know if you're excited or depressed or if you're even going to be here to listen or see us live, but we are here. Me and Phil Goyette for the Plaza Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour. As always, we have a special guest today. Benjamin Chase has agreed to join us. Ben is a, uh, he's a scouting guru in my opinion, and I'm sure he might not call himself that. He'll probably keep himself modest, but he knows what he's talking about when it comes to dynasty prospects, minor league baseball players, and the whole prospect. So, why don't you fill us in, Ben? Uh, what should people know about you in terms of your laurels? Uh, well, I guess the the basics come down to I've, I've been doing video scouting for, gosh, six, seven, eight years now. Um, got kind of trained in by a scout who saw my – I tried to do a, a write-up. I live in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota, so there's really nothing near me as far as minor league baseball or major league baseball. So – the closest thing I can do is actually go to or watch on video. And so I had a scout who got a hold of me after wa- reading an article I wrote after watching a game and kind of talked me through what I would, what I'm missing by not being at the game. And he, he and I started working through stuff as I would watch games. And uh, he really just kind of coached me through stuff, really got me quite good at being able to watch video and pick up stuff pretty quick just by watching a ball game on video. So that's what I've been doing for, for quite a while now. There really is stuff that you just can't pick up, right? You, you really got to be there. It's crucial. Um, yes. And no, um, it's, 
it's a matter of you have, there are some things that you just, you can't, you can't tell a guy a lot of times like the defensive positioning. You can't tell that because you're just not there. You can't tell how the coach told him to stand. You can just tell when the ball is hit, you can tell how he reacted to it. Um, things like that. But a lot of times if you, one of the nice things about the watching video versus being in person is when I do a, a scouting report on a player, I'm watching seven, eight, ten games on a player. And so I'm getting a lot of looks at a guy. If I'm watching a guy's fastball and I want to see how it moves, I'm watching it over six different starts and I'm seeing it move you know, a number of times, whereas a guy who's seen him once in person or maybe twice in person could maybe catch him on a bad day or maybe catch him on one good day, one bad day. And, you know, that's got, that could really influence that one report. And so there's, there is some balance to that. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I understand that I don't get everything, but there's a reason I tell folks, there's a reason why the NFL relies almost exclusively on video scouting. Um, you know, and it's weird to me that baseball almost exclusively discounts it, which I'm not saying one is right, one is wrong, but there should be some balance. That's all. Hey, well, this, this is exciting. Cool. I'm glad yeah. that we got someone with your expertise here. There's so much nuance going ben, on. I, you know. Ben And Ben watches a ton of baseball. Like. And, and I've got a three-screen setup downstairs, <laughs> and so there are times when I will literally have a game on two screens as I'm writing about a player, and I've got two games of his going on either screen while I'm doing it. So that's that's the way I like to roll. So that's wonderful. Ben, ben got me turned on too to watching like when you're on MLIB TV or something, watching like the key matchups for a guy, or watching at multiple points in the season, like the playoffs minor league playoffs and guys get called up for a playoff series and stuff. And they're usually playing the top competition. Those are like crucial games to catch. And you really do see a lot of different stuff about it. I don't want to talk about the twins a little bit today. A guy like Kirilov got called up for the minor league playoffs and just dominated. And you could tell he was just locked in because it was a bigger stage and he was ready to rock. So. And you could see, you can, a lot of times you can see, that's, those are the best times to go if I'm doing a scouting report. I'll go find, for instance, a guy who's let's a player who's facing a top 100 pitcher. That's a really good time to look at a hitter because he's not going to face elite stuff every time out there, but you know he's facing it that game. And so that's a good time to see how does he react when he sees a holy crap curveball. You know, how is he going to be able to, you know, is he just going to, swing over it is he just going to look like a goofball against it or is he going to actually put some decent swings on it you know so that's that's a good you can do that when you're doing video versus you know if you get there and let's say hunter green's supposed to pitch and he comes down with the flu you might watch their you know a bullpen day and that may or may not be a great day to watch to see how good the hitters can handle a guy so anyway that makes total sense to me. Yeah. These little pieces of information and nuance matter. So thank you for being here. We're going to talk AL Central. That's the focus here. We started last week. Phil got us through the Royals, the Tigers, and the good old Royals, which was really Guardians, well done, yeah. I thought. People responded yeah. to that 
positively, Phil. And now we got to finish the Twins and the White Sox. So Jasper, who is uh, checking in, he's our resident White Sox fan. He says he's also going to add a link to us when he goes live with his website, which really looking forward to that, Jasper. You got to keep us updated on this and let us know what you got going on because I know that you've had some plans in the works. And once it goes live, we want to support you as much as we can because that matters to us. It really does. All right. So the White Sox and the Twins are on today's agenda only. That closes out the AL Central. Uh, Who do you want to start with first, Phil? Well, I, Ben and I were talking. I don't know who's on his list at all. So this is going to be total shock. <laughs> so I said, let's, let's do – we'll save the Twins because I think Ben will be able to talk about the Twin system for a while. Uh, let's go to the White Sox because I am really curious actually to see what Ben thinks uh, about the White Sox and um, see where I'm at with, with them relative to him. So let's do White Sox first. Okay. Well, let's start with the top three then that you would have currently in the system from three to one, and then we'll go with the next big three, Ben. So you want to give us your three to one currently in the Sox system. So your downfall for the Sox is, you know, they've got their studs up in the major leagues now. And so their guys who are coming up next are really – their top three are really young guys. And so the guys who you could project to be next are really your top three guys too. Um, the guys who are, you know, your future top three. Um, I got, uh, is it Norgay Vera is probably the best way to pronounce it. Um, really like him. Huge fastball. Really fun to watch him throw a fastball. Big, big fastball. Um, and I have, as their second one, Yoki Cespedes. Um, and their top prospect is Colson Montgomery. And I am a big, big sucker for a guy who is a, a multi-sport athlete. And Montgomery had opportunities to play college basketball on top of being a top draft pick in baseball. Um, and boy, I just really like watching him play. He's just, he, you can see the athleticism on the field. Um, but he's also a guy that they just drafted this last year. So these guys are, I mean, Cespedes, if he, if everything goes right, could get a September call up this year, but you aren't going to see Montgomery Rivera for another two to three years. So, I mean, your guys, these guys are not coming for a while as White Sox fans. So, I mean, these are guys to start thinking about planning out, you know, watching them down in the minor leagues and, you know, Montgomery, I, it depends on how fast they want to push him. Vera could very well be in a full season league this year. So he might be somewhere where you can catch him on minor, you know, MILB TV this year. Um, Cespedes obviously will be very likely double A to start the year. Um, But at Montgomery, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they start him with the complex league um, and slowly push him up. uh, Give him some time to work through that. That's one of those things with those guys who are pure athletes a lot of times it's good to let them work through the athleticism and get to the baseball skills because the athletics, the athleticism is a lot of times going to overrule the baseball stuff. And, and it's a rare guy that comes out and is so good with the baseball stuff that it overdoes, <laughs> overrules the, the athletics. Um, you know, a good example of that is uh, Brennan Davis of the Cubs. Um, was a guy who was a very good athlete, 
big time basketball player. And then he, you know, it took him a couple years at lower levels, but once he got it, he really exploded through their system. And now he's, you know, one of the top 15, 20 prospects in the game. And they're looking at him probably hitting the major leagues this year. So, I mean, that's, that's the type of path you're probably going to see from Montgomery. All right. So your top three was Vera Cespedes and Montgomery. That's from three to one from Benjamin Chase, who's joining us live. Oh, by the way, we didn't shout out your Twitter. Uh, it's is it gentle a little bit? Big, I, I'm just doing this big, from memory. Gentle, big gentle Ben. Big and, gentle Ben. That is beautiful. Yeah. All, all right, Phil. What's work. your retort to Mr. Benjamin Chase's <laughs> top three? What do you got? I I think I'm we're on the same page. One guy I know I did get a little. Uh, preview ben was going to talk about jake berger who i think i would have in the top three um you know what and he's kind of like part of the reason why i think the sock system maybe looks a little tougher than it does is because he was the first round pick that had double um achilles tears so and he was unfortunately in spring training when the first one happened so he was on a very good track and then lost what two years three years so yeah um if they get and honestly, he looks like he might be able to play still, which is kind of amazing. So I think I would have maybe Berger in my top three, but I um, I don't have a problem with Vera in the top three, uh, Cespedes, and I had Montgomery number one as well. So, um, and, I, you know, I'm praying if they get a Brendan Davis type outcome with him, that'll be fantastic. Yeah, I agree with Ben. I think he's probably going to start in the complex, though. And then maybe midseason gets a full season boost. From what I, I haven't seen a lot, but from a video I've seen, he looks he looks pretty raw at the plate to me. Um, but those he can also make what a is, big jump because he's so young. What does that mean, Ben? When somebody says someone's raw, what does that mean to you? That they're just they don't have any refined skills, or that they're super athletic, but they don't have a lot of the knowledge and wisdom of the game yet. In in Montgomery's case, he's a guy who. When he comes up to the plate, he can really he he actually has a, an extremely quick bat through the zone. But what he can do is he can take that bat and he can drive the ball very well when he wants to. But his big issue is he can get into I guess a good example is Paul Molitor swinging, where he is swinging for a triple, he is swinging for a double, he's swinging for a gap, and it's a level swing and it's. I'm making a hell of a lot of contact, which is good. That's wonderful, but it's not maximizing what his ability is. And it's flattening out his swing and it's not getting the best out of his swing. And a lot of times that's just a matter of a guy getting, it's really, it's a guy who's getting himself kind of too excited in the game and not letting the game come to him and swinging at the best pitch so he can put his best swing on it and seeing a ball that, Hey, I can hit that ball. So I'm going to put contact to that ball, which very well might turn into a double for him. But if he waited and fouled that ball off instead, later in the at bat, he could drive another ball really well for a home run. And that's a lot of what that is. It's just, he has got the type of swing where, he can he levels out quite a bit if you get into some of his his video from from high school and especially from uh, the stuff that he had uh, the video from like the high school competition stuff he has a lot of that against the top 
pitching competition and those high school things where he would, you'd see him level out his swing. And once again, boy, if I'm, if I'm at two strikes and a guy swing, levels out his swing, great, lovely thing to have happen. But when he's doing that on the first strike, that's an issue, you know, and that's one of those things you get, you pick up in the game, but a lot of that is part of that raw athlete. I just want to succeed mentality. You know, it's, it's the basketball player taking the ball at the top of the key, making a drive and dunking rather than making the second pass, the third pass, and then somebody else gets a layup, you know, and it's, you know, when you get to college, you learn those things in college basketball that you got to, you know, you know, use your teammates, yada, yada, yada. It's same thing in baseball. You got to learn how to, Hey, maybe that first pitch isn't the one you go after you work into the at bat and you can get a pitch that you can really do damage. On. And that's where he kind of is right now. Colson Montgomery, a fascinating prospect for the future. That's exciting. All right, let's move to the next big three, the future. Uh, Phil, let's go with you first. Phil, why don't you lead us off with your next big three for the White Sox, and then we'll hear from Ben, who you guys can follow on Twitter anytime you want to. I put it in the live chat. It's Big Gentle Ben. My So my number three guy is a guy I'm still believing in. Uh, it's Andrew Dahlquist. Uh, of the of the three prep pitchers the Sox took that year, they took Dahlquist, uh, they took uh, Matthew Thompson, and they took Jared Kelly. Of those three preps, I still like Dahlquist the best. I still think he has the nicest delivery. It might just be my bias. Uh, he wasn't great last year, but I'm still I'm still thinking that he can unlock something. So Dahlquist is my number three guy to watch. Uh, my number two guy is Brian Ramos, who had a nice season last year. And uh, the Dan Samborski zips projections had him like as a top 20 prospect or something crazy like that. Uh, I think it, it maybe is a little extreme, but uh, he does. He takes a lot of walks. He's a guy that should get on base and can hit for some power. And I think he can play third base as well. Um, and he's a young guy, so he's got some time to develop. So Brian Ramos would be my number two guy for the potential next big three. Um, and then my number one is Jose Rodriguez who I think Dan, we should get Dan Victor on the show sometime too. Dan, who's in the league with us, I think has nicknamed him Popeye because of his forearms. Uh, but Jose Rodriguez is a middle infield uh, prospect. Uh, and he's cool because he, he makes a ton of contact. So strikeout rate is like 10 to 15% range, but he can also hit for power too. So he's not really trading off the leveling out thing, I guess, kind of like we were just talking about with Montgomery. He's not totally making that trade off. He's still hitting for pop, so he's picking his spots. Might just be because of his eye. It might be because of the strength in the forearms. Um, so Jose Rodriguez would be my number one choice for a guy that could jump into the next top three. And I will say that Dan Victor actually had him number one on his list for prospects fifteen hundred for this year. So, ooh, okay. So to recap, the top three are Andrew Dahlquist, Brian Ramos, Jose Rodriguez are my next three. All right, there it is. Uh, ben, how about you? What's your next top three for the White Sox farm system? So he had two of my three. Uh, although, <laughs> to be fair, I had I had Dahlquist, Kelly, and Thompson as kind of a one altogether thing because really they all kind of need – I don't know who's going to pop out of that trio, but yep. they all kind of have the same thing that needs to happen is they need to stay healthy and they all have a huge fastball – 
breaker combo that if they can figure it out, it's going to be fun to watch. I don't know which one of the three of them it happens for. Um, so that's kind of where I had that. But, you know, basically you could cut and paste his review of Dahlquist for pretty much the other two to some degree as well. And that's really not terribly far off. Uh, the third guy I had down was Wes Cath. Um, and I really, he, they got him last year in the draft as well. And I really like him for what he can be. My only worry with him is where he plays. Um, he's got really good hands defensively, but he's just got kind of an okay arm. Um, huge, big raw. And I had somebody who made the comment to me that if, if he moves, somebody has said that the idea that he could move to second base and he's not crazy big for second base as far as his frame, but they said, you know, if he moves to second base, you're talking about a guy who might be like a Jeff Kent second baseman. Not a horrible defensive second baseman, not a guy that'll ever win you a gold glove, but he's going to hit you, hit his way to where you'll leave him at second base and play him because his, his bat's going to be that nice. Um, but he, the big thing that he has got really fun power when he lets it loose. Um, and it's kind of, you know, just same thing when, when Ramos lets loose with his power, they're, they're both, they're really fun to watch when they let loose and it just, they can just knock the snot out of some balls and it's really fun. You know, those type of guys are really fun to watch when they let loose with, with their power. But um, that's, that's the guy who I, there's not a lot of guys who hit for the power he does that people think have the type of hands that could handle middle infield. And, you know, his arm being what it is could make that a challenge as far as, you know, he might just end up at first base because of that. Just because, you know, he's going to be a big power guy that doesn't have much for an arm. And so they might just plug him in at first just because of that. But it'd be interesting if they do end up trying him in at second, you know, there's like Nolan Gorman got stuck there with, by the Cardinals. That could be a very similar experiment that the White Sox try to pull as he comes up the system. Hmm. Okay. Like wow. It. They're, yeah. they're, they're giving, they're talking about doing it with Berger. Jay mm-hmm. Berger might be getting reps at second base. So I don't think it's out of the question wow. that they might do that. I didn't think about that, but I let's do it. Get his bat in the lineup. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, do what it takes. Yeah, they used to play Anthony Rizzo at second back in the day. That worked out pretty well. So, hey, I'll take it. All right. Help so, my fantasy teams. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was such a cheat code. That was a fabulous cheat code because he was a big power hitter at second base. He really couldn't get that outside of maybe whoever was lead at the time. But let's move into the final segment of the show here. It's time to do the Twins. I know Benjamin is excited and he knows a lot about the twin system from what I'm gathering here. Don't forget to follow Ben on Twitter. I put it in the live chat. We're here to help. We're here to support, learn from other people. This is what it's all about, connecting with new people. If you don't know Ben, I didn't know him until today. I mean, I know who he was, but I've never met him. So now I know him. That's cool. Big, gentle Ben on Twitter. And, of course, Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z's Utah. on Twitter. Give me two. Follow Phil of Sports, P-H-I-L of Sports, MJ Govier. All right. Ben, we want to give you the floor here. Give us your top three of the twin system so far right now today so for me it's still going to be royce lewis uh top one um 
and I'll go one to three just because I, I like to talk about Royce Lewis. Um, and I'll have Austin Martin second. They're kind of a 1A, 1B, but uh, and then Jose Miranda is, uh, you know, cousin of Manuel Miranda. Um, really? Number three. Yeah, he's actually is his cousin. Oh, that's so, funny. you know, <laughs> which, which I think is really kind of a cool deal. But anyway, he's, he's the third for me. Um, Lewis Lewis can't go tonight. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> every, every parents. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Run a daycare. That's where we're at right now. Too. Yep. Yeah. Um Lewis has recently been doing, you know, he he has missed two years, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently he's been doing some workouts. He had a I want to say it was a three eight to first recently. And somebody was posting how his time to first was like a full point two quicker than Byron Buxton's best home to first last year, which, you know, by standards that you can go by in Major League Baseball, Byron Buxton is a pretty stinking good one. If you're faster than him, you're doing really, really, really well. Um, And what I've always appreciated about Lewis, Lewis came into the league with a lot of people saying as the top overall draft pick, he can't play short. He worked his butt off to be a really good shortstop. Somebody said, you know, we just, we think that we've got our shortstop of the future now in Jorge Polanco. So we've got him. How about you? You know, we maybe want to have you play other places. He goes to the Arizona Fall League, plays all over the field, wins the MVP. Then he gets hurt. Oh, and, you know, or, well, then we have 2020, he doesn't play in 2020, and then we have, then he gets hurt last year, is what ends up happening. And so, I mean, he's, I love his attitude. He works so stinking hard on the field. And he's he's got just a ridiculous amount of raw talent that he has put a lot of polish to. I mean, you watch him in the Arizona Fall League, he was the MVP there in a really good year in the Arizona Fall League. It wasn't a a really short year. It was a year that had a lot of really good talent there, and he was the MVP. Was this 21, Um, or what year was this? In 19, 2019. 19. um, He was the MVP. And so, I mean, he he was a... He was 19? He was 20? He was 20 or 21. He was coming off a rough year in AA, but he kind of had some injuries during that year and some... So he had kind of made some things with his swing that just weren't right for him and took that that short time in between the season and showing up for, for the AFL to really concentrate on his swing. And he showed up, and it worked. I mean, he had done some stuff with his swing, and it worked. And everyone's talking about how good he looks right now physically, which, you know, Best shape of your life stuff. I get it. You know, that's everyone coming into the year. But the really crappy thing for him is he's at the spot where he's got to be on a 40 man. So right now, he's not going to get to play minor league baseball. He's not getting reps. And so he doesn't get to be in a spring training. He doesn't get to be anywhere right now where he gets, you know, he is a guy who there is, he would be in AAA right now or AA to start the year. And 
he might be a July call up. He might be just a September call up, but he, you know, he'd be playing in Minnesota by the end of this year. Once he got his legs underneath him, he's not going to get that chance this year. That sucks. Um, so one of the downfalls of this whole lockout crap, but yeah. Um, if you take away the injuries though, what you just told me is a killer combo. He's oh, yeah. motivated, gives everything to the game and he has a bunch of raw talent to me. That's a winner winner all day in any oh, sport. Yeah. And that's, oh. that's just it. They're the, you know, that the twins have been offered to throw him into a lot of deals and they're, they have balked every time. And so they're, I mean, they, they still believe in him as a cornerstone of their future. They did it with Buxton. I mean, they've been patient with him forever, so they've shown that that's what they'll do. Right now with Austin Martin, that's a guy who came out when he was in that draft class. He was considered the second best draft prospect that year to Spencer Torkelson. Everyone thought he was the next best guy in that draft. He's he's kind of got a goofy swing. It starts out, it's not as bad, but if you remember Mickey Tettleton back in the day, that goofy flat swing that he had, he kind of has just a goofy approach to his swing before the pitcher comes, and it's just... I could never do it. I don't have wrists that strong. He does. I mean, he gets contact, but when he comes into a batting cage, the guy can rocket balls. And when he gets into a game, he doesn't. And you just kind of wonder if if he would figure out how to get rid of that swing if he could just maybe access more of that power that he has naturally. Um, and I don't think he'd be a 30 home run guy, but I mean, you're talking about a guy who's athletic enough to where he could be a 2020 guy pretty easily. And he's got a really good batting eye. This is a guy who I want to say at one point led all of minor league baseball last year in, or all of upper levels, not lower levels. Cause like Eduardo Julian or whatever with, uh, with the twins was like a, like a 480 clip for the year or something. And he was the walk machine. Day. Yeah. Yeah. He was ridiculous. But Martin led, double A AA and triple A, uh, the upper levels in on base. I want to say he ended up finishing the year leading upper levels, but he at least for most of the year led the upper levels in on base. And he was, you know, the other issue is he's really not shown that he can handle short or second. <laughs> they haven't Ooh. tried him yet in center, but I mean, he's got the athletic ability to handle these positions but he's not really shown that he's a strong defender at any one of those positions yet. Um, well, that's not so, good. I mean, he's only six foot. I mean, yeah, he's, he's not a big guy. So, you know, you're thinking he's definitely center field, second base. You know, if you're playing him in left field, you're hoping for a guy who's going to steal a lot, you know, going to do a lot more damage. I mean, you, you start putting a guy into a corner outfield spot, you want a little bit more offensive production and, so it's just where he goes is going to be very interesting. He was kind of a key component to their uh, Jose Berrios trade. And where what they get out of that is going to be very interesting. Um, Miranda kind of has the same issue. He's not great at any one position, but the bat plays. You know, the bat yeah. really plays, and he, it has for a number of years. He just finally kind of pushed it forward. Well, I mean, it took a huge leap forward in power. He's always been a good contact and gap power guy, but he hit a whole lot of balls out of the park last year 
that he'd never really done before. He kind of grooved that swing a little bit more, but he's always been a really good contact and doubles guy. So he's a guy that I think this year, you'll see him in the majors this year. And I don't know where they're going to play him, but I mean, Josh Donaldson usually misses about misses about 60, <laughs> 70 games. So, I mean, he'll have plenty yep. of time to play. So, so you thinking yep. Miranda over Martin in terms of playing this year at the majors? Oh, yeah. I mean, Miranda played a significant portion of the year in AAA last year. And uh, I don't know that Martin even got to AAA yet. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if if Miranda is going to be playing. He might even make the opening day roster as a, a guy who's flexible enough to play a few positions um, and, you know, can come off the bench for quite a few spots and maybe start a few days a week. So. All right. Well, there it is. All three, top three, with Martin Miranda and Royce Lewis being number one. All hitters, by the way. No pitchers in that top three for Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go over to Phil here. Who's your top three in the Twins system? I had the, I had the same three guys. I had the same three guys. I see uh, Martin and and Martin and Lewis uh, um, being pretty similar. <laughs> Isn't that uh, that's Pulp funny. Fiction, right? Uh, Martin <laughs> and Lewis. Uh, so I see him being. Uh, Pretty similar prospects, honestly. Um, great athletes, very hard workers. I think they both play in the majors, no problem. Like Ben said, the question is kind of where do they fit into the team positionally and in the lineup. One thing I'll say about Royce Lewis, like Ben said, uh, he's such a pro. I don't think I've ever seen him give away in at bat, which is actually kind of rare when you watch a lot of minor league. So a lot of times guys get up there and they're just not locked in or not focused or whatever. And it just happens, right? You got to develop that part of your game. He's Royce Lewis is always locked in to play at the plate when he's in the field. I don't see him get lackadaisical at all. So he's there's a ton to like about him. I'm rooting for him. I hope he breaks out this year. Well, serious injury concerns will always be a part of the situation, <laughs> but we can move on from injuries eventually. There's players that have done it and they've gone on to produce. Yeah. So you just never yeah. know with that. That's the only thing that seems to be the bugaboo here. Uh, Phil, since you have the floor, why don't you give us your next big three for the twins here? And then we'll have Ben close out the show here. We're going a little bit over our half hour because we have a guest today. So we appreciate you sticking with us. My So my three, I think Ben's going to have at least one of these guys. The first one. Um, Chase Petty. Is he on yours, Ben? Love Chase Petty. I wish the White Sox would have drafted him. That's all I can say about it. It's depressing. <laughs> I thought they actually were going to take him. When I was sitting there on draft night, I was, he was, and he was dropping, and I said, "Oh my God, we could get him," uh, but no, they let the Twins get him. Oh. So, I think he'll be a better player than Montgomery. So, I really like Chase Petty. Um, my next guy is kind of a stab, uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez, the international signing. Is he on yours, Ben? <laughs> His stats were good last year <clears throat> for the stats that I look up, and he's really young. Uh, ben probably knows more about him than I do, but. Um, I would definitely keep your eyes on Emmanuel Rodriguez. And then the third guy, uh, Michael, we talked about him, I think, last time. Um, And I looked at him again, Aaron Sabato. I really like Aaron Sabato. I do. I mean, he really hit the crap out of the ball in college. Um, I think, like we talked about last time, he was a shortstop in high school and a good shortstop in high school. So while he's a first baseman type, first base DH type now, I think he's not getting the credit for being athletic that he really is. Like I was reading reports on him and people were talking about him being, you know, 
uh, this behemoth and, you know, uh, bad footwork and this kind of stuff. I don't see that at all with him. So um, I really like Sabato. I think maybe this will be a breakout year for him. Um, so those are those are my three picks. Yeah. Well, I have, I have two of those three. Petty, my gosh, <laughs> Petty is just God dang his attitude. I I, I mean. He has the biggest fu attitude that you could possibly have, and he has the fastball to back it up. <laughs> you know, he's such mean, a tight guy. A pitcher, pitchers oh my, have to be oh like that. Just, yeah. Oh my gosh! And if if he can command it, and he has anything for a third pitch, he can, he can be a starter. If he can't, if he doesn't have anything for a third pitch, he's going to dominate as a as a as a closer. You know, and that's just, he has that kind of stuff. It's just crazy how good he is already out of high school. It's just a matter. He's got to have the command. Um, So I also have Emmanuel Rodriguez. I had somebody tell me he's 5'10". They said that might be giving him a little bit of credit. Um, (laughs) uh, Somebody who's been working around the Twins for a long time told me he reminds, and Rodriguez reminds him a lot of young Kirby. Um, the way Kirby was, you know, before Kirby, before Kirby was like a 300 or 350 hitter, but like when Kirby was more of like a 290, hit 20 bombs, hit a lot of things into the gaps and could steal 30, 40 bases and could play enough defense in center to get away with it. That's really the kind of guy that Rodriguez is. And he just has, and this is where the comparison comes in, is he just has a feel and a passion for the game that you're just, when he's out there, he just, the ball gets hit, he seems to know right where he needs to go to get it. But if you would measure his speed, he shouldn't be playing center field. You know, it's just one of those guys where the ball gets hit in the air and he's underneath it. And you don't know how the heck he can beat out a lot of guys who are a whole lot faster than him to get to that same ball, who missed that same play. It's just, it's kind of crazy that he has that, but it's just, he has this innate ability on the field. My third guy that I have, and it kind of goes to a system-wide strength that the Twins really have. Um, The guy I have is Matt Cantorino. Um, And he's been injured, hasn't really done a lot so far, but the Twins have an ability, and Josh Winder made it to the major leagues this year, this small school or even big school but late round pitcher that they take, and they seem to find a way to get that guy up to a 96-mile-an-hour a fastball that has crazy spin along with a breaker or two and make him into a guy that can start and give you at least four really good innings. And sometimes that's the issue is it's four, and then what do you do after that? But um, Cantorino really knows what he's doing on the mound. His He's got two really good breakers and a fastball that, you know, I would definitely say is a plus fastball. Um, for him, he's just not been able to get healthy and stay healthy. Um, if he could stay healthy, that's a guy who, I mean, he's got the build, he's got the the raw stuff to be a, the type of guy who you'd easily stick into the middle of a rotation. No problem. Um, 
and gosh, if he had an off speed on top of those breakers, you might be looking at a guy who could front a rotation. Um, but they have a lot of guys like that, and that's something their system seems to produce. So that's kind of why I highlighted him is he's kind of their prototype of the best stuff of what they do with guys is they have a lot of guys that come up like that, that they tend to work with guys and build up in that way. 24 years old and he's still in high a low a and high a last year. Didn't pitch a lot of innings. Um, he was breaking out well, last year and he got hurt. Yeah. He, yeah. He had a yeah. lot of eyes on him last year. There was a lot of people talking about him last year. And then he, what was the injury? Yeah. Was it a shoulder or arm issue or it was it was I want to say it was forearm, but then it wasn't like it wasn't uh Tommy John forearm. It was right. I can't remember exactly what it ended up coming out to be, but it was okay. so it was rest and recover forearm issue. So Matt Cantorino, <laughs> that's a new name for me. Okay. But he's yeah, he was having a great year last year, so Cantorino was a good pick. Wow. Phil, what do you think of Ben's thoughts here? Does it hold up? Oh, yeah, definitely. Ben and Ben could keep talking about the Twins for another hour, I bet, if we kept going. So. Of course well, they could. And they do. I, I, actually, you know what? I was going over their system before the show, and they have a lot of depth that I didn't realize. So, I mean, the White Sox need to move in the next, like, two years in the Central because every other team has rebuilt. And that in the division, it's true, and it, so it could be a tough. And I would actually kind of feel bad for Detroit Tigers fans a little bit because they tanked to get picks and to rebuild, and they have some nice players coming up. But I don't know that they have the depth like Minnesota has right now, or like Cleveland has right now. And um, the Royals have a very good prospect coming up at the top. So I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a tough division, I think, for the next brutal. I don't know, five years. So. Outside of the Tigers, these are generally quality farm systems. Well, maybe the Twins the Twins produce some players, too, but I would say overall, image-wise, looking at it from an optical point of view, generally the, the White Sox have been on fire the last few years, and Cleveland's always probably the best, maybe, with Kansas City being right there, I would say, in my opinion. So, yep. yeah, it's competitive as hell, and it's really exciting, too. I, I also think the Twins also shit the bed a lot. I mean, the t- you know, they were supposed to be at least a 500 <laughs> team at minimum last year. and they Yeah, just- they had a bad year last year. I didn't see that. I don't need to tell you this, Ben. I know you've already lived it. I don't need to tell you that. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I live in Twins territory. I'm not, I'm, you know, Braves. Ben's a Braves team. guy. Yeah. But I, but oh, I you're a Braves in- guy. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. All right. He had a tough, Ben had a really tough year. Okay, I thought we had uh, three AL Central dudes here, but uh, you definitely know a lot about the Twins, so you could yeah. sub in as like a fan yeah. if you needed to. If yeah. we had to like pose as one, you could pull it. Yeah, up. I, I live in the area. I, I hear all about them, and oh, I can tell you're clearly you're like me and Phil. We're Midwestern people. You can tell Midwestern. Yeah, we have like the away. three three upper Midwestern accents going on here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the squeeze right past you there. Oh. uh okay well uh there it is we finished the al central we've had ben chase coming on here to help us out with the twins and the white Sox. excellent analysis i learned a ton yeah just by sitting here and listening myself so i assume you'll get the same (laughs) oh of course you would 
That's what Jasper was doing too. I think he commented in the live chat earlier. Hey, just keep We're talking. The same yeah, here it is. We're going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep breaking them down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're playing in the same league, so you guys are probably going to kill me. Uh, I'm not really happy with our current draft. I've already made several mistakes in that draft, but you know, baseball's got me all fucked up right now. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's, it's going to be. I'm depressed today. I admit that freely. So, and I'm not motivated to to draft as much right now as I should have been. This time last year, I'd already done like 15 drafts at least, and I'm not even close to that. So, anyways, yeah. don't need to hear about my it. problems. So, just watch some yeah. college ball this weekend. Yeah, you know, I really need to dive into that more. Maybe I can gamble on that too. I'll look on DraftKings. <laughs> ESPN uh, Plus, they have like every game. <laughs> uh, all right, so make sure you follow Ben Chase. He is a video scouting extraordinaire, really knows his stuff. I put the in the live chat, but once more for you podcast listeners, it's Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. I wasn't even following you from my personal account, Ben. I just rectified that during the show, so now uh, I'll be paying more attention to you. We were following from the Plaza N. Two L's, two Z's Utah. on Twitter, Plaza Podcast. Give me two. Philip Sports on Twitter, MJ Govier. Uh, any final words before we say goodbye here, Ben? I really don't have anything, guys. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm excited for this season to get underway. I really want to have a full season. <laughs> that would be nice, but I don't think we're going to end up having it. That sucks. Yeah. 140 uh, games. 140. But, uh, you know, they, they don't yeah. care about April. That's, as, as us Midwestern guys know, that's when it snows. You know, it snows <laughs> in our right. in, in April, yeah. and so they don't really care about losing. Um, so that's, that's life. But minor league ball's going on, right? So if you're not on the 40-man roster, we're having minor league baseball. 38? I think it's 38 days until minor league opening day, something like that. 37, 38. So first full full week of April. So Hell yeah. Okay, well, this is a good opportunity for minor league baseball to get more publicity and opportunity to gain some new fans, maybe. That'll be a good thing for them because they, Lord knows they need it after they got shit on with some of the cuts that happened. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you, Benjamin Chase, for joining us. Me, Phil, everybody here at Plaza Podcast, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you guys later, and, uh, you know, try not to get too depressed tonight. Don't drink too much Jack Daniels. All right, see ya. Prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospect.